The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life. Learn more at TIAA.org backslash promises pay off. LinkedIn presents. The best way to immunize oneself from the viral toxic effects of social media have less to do with focusing on the toxin, social media, and more on strengthening a person's psychological immune system to become a modern-day philosopher warrior. Hi, it's Tuesday. This is the Next Big Idea Daily, and I'm your host, Michael Kavnat. Are you on social media? I bet you are. How about your kids? If so, you've likely read one of the many articles sounding the alarm about how this technology is dangerous for developing brains and even for mature ones. But it's hard to know how much of this is alarmist and how much is real. And it's even harder to know what to do about it in a world where social media is more and more a cultural norm. Here to help sort this out is Nicholas Carderis, author of Digital Madness, How Social Media is Driving Our Mental Health Crisis and How to Restore Our Sanity. Nicholas is a psychologist and a former clinical professor at Stony Brook Medicine who runs treatment programs all over the United States and is considered one of the country's top thought leaders on the digital age and its impact on our mental health. Here he is to share some of his key ideas. Our high-tech lives have outpaced our evolutionary development. Something's gone terribly wrong. We've become a very, very sick society. While we lose ourselves in the digital masturbation of Candy Crush, Instagram, and YouTube kitty videos, we're dying in record numbers. More than 200,000 people, mostly young adults, died in the U.S. in 2019 before COVID from psychologically driven deaths of despair, which are suicide, overdose, and alcoholism. Add the record rates of loneliness, anxiety, depression, extremism, political unrest, and mass shootings, and you have the telltale signs of a society on the brink. And post-COVID, those numbers and volatile dynamics have only gotten much worse. What's happening? The answer is that humans simply aren't genetically designed for technologically driven 21st century living. We aren't meant to be sedentary, screen-staring, atomized, and meaning-devoid beings. The unfortunate reality is that Modern life is antithetical to our hunter-gatherer psychological needs. We're hardwired for face-to-face community, genetically designed to be physically active and psychologically primed to seek meaning. But the digital age is kryptonite to those sanity-sustaining needs. We've all heard how paleo diets try to realign toxic modern eating habits with those that are more consistent with our evolutionary development as hunter-gatherers. Well, the same is true for our psychological well-being as well. Our modern way of living is out of sync with our evolutionary needs. We have research indicating that we've become increasingly mad for our devices. Our devices have been increasingly driving us bad. And this mismatch of technology in our biological evolution has also been disastrous for our physical health. According to the CDC, obesity has increased by 70% over the last 30 years for adults and a staggering 85% for children. And diabetes has also been spiking. Rates in adults have almost doubled over the last 20 years. And in teens and children under 20, type 1 diabetes has increased by an average of 2% each year from 2002 to 2012. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what's happening. 
Sedentary, screen-obsessed kids and junk food diets don't mix well. The kids have been consuming fast foods and sugary sodas for decades. What's changed has been the seismic shift in increased screen time and its attendant decrease in physical activity. That's the new variable in the obese diabetic equation. But this toxic tech lifestyle effect is also applicable to adults as well. The new sedentary version of Homo sapien, Homo can't get off the couch, has a soft, cushiony waistline expanding out like a freshly baked muffin top, even as our screens get flatter. Starvation used to kill millions. Now it's the pendulum swinging opposite. Obesity with its attendant heart attacks, diabetes, and high blood pressure that's killing more people than hunger. Our magical digital age has given us smarter phones, but dumber people. Indeed, there are several studies that show how our memory, cognitive acuity, and physical health and fitness all suffer from our sedentary and tech-enabled lifestyle. Depression is a disease of modernity. Think about it. In the blink of an evolutionary eye, we've gone from hunter-gatherer, sped past agrarian, and leapfrogged over the industrial age and gone from steam engine to search engine. Yet, as mentioned, our DNA and our psychological, social, and emotional needs are still genetically paleo. We need community, connection, physical activity, purpose, nature, hope, all of which have been diminished or destroyed by big tech and our modern way of living, which is why the much-heralded longevity blue zones around the world tend to cluster in societies that share less modernized pre-digital lifestyles. The Blue Zones author Dan Buettner identified certain common characteristics of societies where people tended to live longer and had a significantly higher number of centenarians. Those healthy and seemingly life-extending characteristics included regular physical activity, a sense of life purpose, stress reduction, moderate caloric intake, engagement in the spiritual practice, and an engagement in the strong family and social life. Now ask yourself this question, do we think these characteristics are enhanced or dampened by the products and platforms made by our friends at Apple, Microsoft, Meta, Twitter, Amazon, and Google? Similarly, in separate research, Dr. Stephen Alardi, a depression researcher at the University of Kansas, discovered that non-technological indigenous peoples were much healthier from a mental health standpoint. He discovered that there were so-called primitive cultures like the Kaluli in Papua New Guinea that had zero rates of depression. Imagine that. No iPhones, yet not a single member of the over 2,000 Kaluli who were studied showed signs of clinical depression. How is that possible? We all have the same basic genetic and neurological equipment, so how come these quote-unquote primitives seem to be immune to the modern epidemic of depression? A mental health disorder that, according to the World Health Organization, is the number one chronic and debilitating illness in the world. And yet not one member of the Kaluli was depressed. And keep in mind, they lived difficult, challenging lives where daily survival was a struggle. So how come none of them were depressed, yet we moderns have the highest rates of depression, even though we live in relative comfort and have increased the amounts of antidepressants that we've thrown at the problem by almost 400% over the last 20 years? Well, according to Dr. Lardy, our increased rates of depression are a byproduct of our modernized, industrialized, and urbanized lifestyles. Quote, we've been engineering the activity out of our lives. The levels of bright light exposure, time spent outdoors have been declining. The average adult gets just over six and a half hours of sleep a night. It used to be nine hours a night. There's increasing isolation, fragmentation, the erosion of community, end quote. Thus, according to Lardy, we feel perpetually stressed 
And the more we learn about depression neurologically, the more we learn that it represents the brain's runaway stress response. Research is indicating that Americans are now 10 times more likely to have depressive illness than they were 60 years ago. And a recent study found that the rate of depression has more than doubled in just the past decade. All of these numbers have only increased during the isolation, quarantines, and turbocharged screen dependence that occurred during COVID. The best way to immunize oneself from the viral toxic effects of social media have less to do with focusing on the toxin, social media, and more on strengthening a person's psychological immune system to become a modern-day philosopher warrior. In order to develop the grit and resilience of a Spartan and the critical thinking, curiosity, and intellect of an ancient philosopher, Here's how you do that. First, you build grit and resilience. According to psychologist Angela Duckworth, the author of Grit, we develop grit by leaning into experiences and thus allowing ourselves to make mistakes that we can learn from, and we never quit. Second, find a purpose that resonates for you. As Joseph Campbell said, find your bliss. With purpose comes passion and the clarity of one's identity and place in the world, and thus we become less likely to be sucked into influencer nonsense. Three, maintain a physical practice, healthy body, healthy mind. Whether you develop a daily walking routine, start practicing yoga, keep yourself moving. It's the best antidepressant. Four, read classical philosophy from Plato, Socrates, the Stoics, and Marcus Aurelius. Ancient wisdom has a time-tested transcendent quality that elevates a person and doesn't debase and weaken the reader like superficial tweets or posts aimed at our baser instincts. The ancients also teach us how to cultivate the sanity-sustaining skill of critical thinking. Five, help others. The modern digital world is built to create egocentric narcissism as algorithms curate a me-centric digital world. Break the pattern by focusing on helping others by volunteering or mentoring. And finally, be creative, be bored. Find opportunities to channel your creative self, draw, paint, whatever that may be. Creativity is the antidote to the conforming groupthink of social media. And when not creating, give yourself permission to be bored and to daydream. After all, boredom is the handmaiden of creativity. Thank you, Nicholas. Less screen time, more purpose, grit, and creativity. Great advice for staying sane in a world of digital madness. Join me tomorrow. I'll be back with some of the latest ideas from Charles Duhigg. He taught us all about the power of habit a few years back. Now he's joining us to share some big ideas from his latest book, Super Communicators, How to Unlock the Secret Language of Connection. I'm Michael Kavnat. See you tomorrow.